Fountain Blue Las Vegas, the newest luxury resort and casino on the Strip. And they, uh, we want to send you there for the big game weekend. If you score a trip for two to Las Vegas, that includes airfare, a two-night stay at the Fountain Blue Las Vegas, $150 credit to spend at one of the 36 restaurants and bars, and two tickets to the Fountain Blue Las Vegas big game viewing party at Blue Live, Blue Live Theater. <laughs> Apparently, I'm not very good on the... I sound like Inspector Clouseau. <laughs> to enter, text this hour's national keyword. It is big. The keyword is big. Text that to 95819, and you will be registered to win. For full details and other official contest rules, visit WJR.com. <coughs> Excuse me. We have watched as Hootie Rebels have become increasingly aggressive in their attacks on U.S. military bases in and around the Middle East. The Biden administration, along with the U.K., has begun ramping up those attacks. Are they having any effect? Mike Rogers is the former chairman of the House Intelligence Committee and also a Michigan candidate for U.S. Senate. Joining us live this morning. Mike, good morning. Good morning. How are you all doing today? Great. It was great to see you the other night. Um, yeah, so... Why is it that it seems that we have not degraded the Houthi capabilities here? Why is it that they are seemingly undiscouraged by our retaliation? Well, remember, they're only uh, retaliating against the the units, the small units that are launching the missile itself. So they haven't done, they haven't expanded to any of their logistics operations, how you get missiles uh, to the launch pad, people who are servicing the launch pad, all of that uh, infrastructure still exists. So you're taking out a launcher. I'm telling you, their Iran, uh, you know, the uh, in Tehran, is uh, sending more equipment uh, that they can launch more missiles. So unless they have a more robust disruption kind of activity versus a retaliatory uh, kind of an attitude, you're you're going to continue to see this. And you know, every press conference it drives me nuts. They tell you what they're not going to do, the Biden administration. My argument is they just should say, we're going to degrade their capability to do what they're doing. We'll be back in a moment. Uh, they're just not doing that. They're just doing these one-offs, and it's just not being impactful. Uh, Mike, I asked Guy this question yesterday. Why does it seem like it's just the U.S. and British militaries carrying out these attacks when the shipping lanes matter to the entire world, all the countries? Uh, true enough. Some of it is about capability. And so the Netherlands are involved. There are some German logistics things going on. They're involved. Uh, but for the precision-type activity that you need to have in, in these kinds of things, the two navies that are best suited for that, candidly, are the Brits. Uh, us. The Canadians could do it. They're, don't, they don't have as big a presence in that area of the world. Uh, but you're right. Everybody should be stepping up to this. This is going to slow down the world's economy. Um, and, you know, we're going to have to get back to putting Iran back in a box uh, the way they, they we did just a few years ago, cut off their oil money. Uh, you know, nothing good has happened since we allowed them to sell oil in the open market, billions of dollars of cash poured in. And we saw that money go to the Houthis and the and Hamas and Hezbollah and the Badr brigades in Iraq. All of them got well, well financed. And that is what's causing our problems. Uh, are are there diplomatic efforts being pursued also like alongside the military actions to address the root causes of this conflict? Well, that's a really good 
question. I haven't seen. I know that they send our Secretary of State, the Biden administration sends our Secretary of State with hat in hand. It doesn't seem to have been working. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I always feel that the best diplomacy is when you have the Seventh Fleet over one shoulder and the 101st Airborne over the other saying, let's talk. Uh, that's the best way to get this thing settled down is, again, you have to have that international community go together on this reinstate the sanctions on missile programs in Iran, make sure they can't sell oil, really start ratcheting it down. You have to take away their ability to fund these things. Uh, And and, and the Houthis is a great example. We have other people who wanted to participate. The Biden administration wouldn't let the Saudis do it. I think that was a big mistake. And now you have this kind of unwilly force on the Saudi border firing missiles at us and and uh, and the Israelis, I mean, there's coalitions yeah. you can put back together and say, you're going to have to do some heavy lifting here with us. Mike, how on earth did we get here? This is a ragtag bunch of unsophisticated uh, militia members who now are certainly much more sophisticated, much more well-armed. On whose watch was this allowed to happen? Uh, or has this been happening over a decade now that they have been organizing and gaining strength with the help of Iran? So when I was intelligence chairman up to 2015, uh, the Houthis were more of that ragtag separatist group uh, that we saw just about that time increases in their receiving help from Iran. So Iran was giving them training and finance and other things. And so if you recall, there was a lot of pressure put on Iran right after that, Uh, and they just didn't have the money to give them. They were still there. They were still trying to do what they were doing. Uh, The Houthis would get a missile and fire it into Saudi Arabia. The Saudis were supported by the United States trying to deal and degrade with the the, uh, Houthi rebels on their border. Um, And then when you rip that, all of those protections off, um, it's just like pouring gasoline on it. So the Biden administration did two really, I think, really dangerous decisions. Remember, these these decisions have consequences. They took off that that any – a hindrance the Houthis had to get better training, weapons, financing, intelligence, other things that Iran wanted to give them. Uh, they allowed Iran to give money, so that money just poured in there with weapons and, as I said, training and all of that. They stopped the Saudis from being able to degrade the Houthis. Uh, it, you know, this just happened the first week he was in office. And guess what? Over the last few years, now you get a, a pretty well-trained uh, you know, pretty sophisticated, well-armed uh, Houthi units. But here's the thing. Hezbollah has been going through the same kind of uh, change in their operational capability, which means they got better. The Badr Brigades in Iraq, which have been attacking U.S. troops in Iraq, all of that has happened in the last three years because they have cash, candidly, and an attitude. You know, the Iran is basically saying, I think the United States is weak. This is our time. Uh, Mike, less than a minute, but there's talk of a new threat, sort of Pakistan making threats. And why why is that scary? Well, Pakistan has nuclear weapons. They certainly don't have the controls on their nuclear weapons that the United States does, or even Russia, candidly, or China. Um, and that skirmish uh, could, get, could get dicey, mainly because you have such a large Sunni population in Pakistan – and you have the Shia population in Iran, and if this gets to a, sec, you know, a kind of a religious difference of opinion, 
that's when things get a little dicey in the, across the Middle East and South Asia, like where Pakistan is. And so that that is why people are very, very concerned about an escalation. And, you know, Iran has been very, very good about allowing groups that hate everybody, right. no matter what their sect is, hide in Iran. That's what that's what started that whole thing with Pakistan. Deep concern about a widening escalation. Mike Rogers, thank you so much.